0: I have a unique Bible study today. Uh, I've given some scriptures to Brother Pat. If you are one of my home Bible study students, you might recall me doing something very similar in our home Bible study. Today I'm going to slow down. I'm going to teach on the mighty God in Christ. I have no notes up here with me. I'm strictly relying upon the Word of God right, and right. the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Yes, sir. And what my purpose today is, my purpose today is to take you and I would like for you just to wipe out everything you ever knew or thought you knew about God. And I want you to let the Word of God paint a word picture. Of the mighty God in Christ. We'll just start as though someone just gifted us a holy Bible. We don't know God. We don't know who he is. We don't know what his name is. We don't know how many there are. So we just take this book and we go over to our chair. And we sit down with the good word of the Lord. And we begin like most people do at the beginning of the book. So we open up the Word of God, and today, before I start, I want God to touch you because this lesson is not taught. It's caught. Yes. This, this is, I know people who have degrees behind their name who do not know what God is going to reveal to you right now. It is important for the next few moments... If you're sitting in a place where you feel distracted, move. I want you to be able to spend the next few moments immersed in the Word of God. All right? Is that a deal? Amen. And before we start, let us pray together and also pray for my voice. I'm having a little allergy <clears throat> situation with my voice. Can give me a little water. It'd be great. It doesn't mean the sermon's dry. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, You are the living God. I pray that You would help me, Lord. That You would reveal Yourself to this people. To those who may be worshiping with us even in foreign lands. God, I pray today that the Word of God would reveal the mighty God in Christ and I thank You for it now give us the spirit of revelation in jesus name we pray Amen. amen praise god so with that in mind i'm going to the word of god and for the next few moments i'm going to take you on a journey through the scripture as the word of god paints a portrait picture god standing up now with a paintbrush and begins to paint so that you can know who he is from a biblical perspective. So, I'm opening my Bible, and I have given a list of scriptures to Patrick for those of you who may not have brought your Bible. So, I'm starting with Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. I've never known God. I'm starting fresh. Somebody just gave me this Bible. I open it up, and the first thing I read is, In the beginning, God. In verse 2, I didn't give this to Patrick. It says, And the Spirit of God. Verse 4 says, And God saw. In verse 5, And God called. And verse 6, And God said and verse 7 and god made in verse 8 and god called in verse 9 and god said in verse 10 god called in verse 11 god said verse 14 god said 16 and god made 17 and god set and 20 and god said and 21 and god created and 22 and god blessed and 24 and god said and 25 and god made and 26 and god said So right away I say, I don't read about in the beginning the gods. I read about in the beginning God. He said, he did, he made. And right away I say, okay, there's this wonderful God who can do all this stuff. Mm -hmm. In verse 26, and God said, let us make man in our image. And sometimes, because of false teaching, you think that means God is saying there's two of us. But this is nothing more than the majestic plural. When it says, let us make man, it's saying that God is so powerful that you cannot refer to him in the singular. It talks about the many majesties and the multiple powers of God. So it says, let us, but then it says, let us make man in our image, not images. And like so many times, if you just keep reading the Bible always explains itself. And so in verse 27, and God created man in his own image. It is not God created man in their own images. God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he, not they, created he, him. Male and female created he, them. See, God knows the difference between one and two. So he said male and female, he created them. But he created them. And so... From ancient times, emperors and kings have referred to themselves, and you can check this out, it's documented, in the plural. They'll say, we are going to do this. Why are they saying we? Because of their great powers, they refer to the majestic plural, which means majestic so much that it is many powers of that king. All right. So I'm in the Bible, and I can't stop because I got some scriptures for you. So I go now to Exodus chapter 3, verse 14. See, I'm turning with you. I determined that I would not use anything because I would go too fast. I want to give you a chance to turn there also. So I'm going to the book of Exodus chapter 3 and verse 14. And now... We come to Moses bowing at the burning bush. Verse 14, and God said unto Moses, I am that I am. He didn't say we are that we are. He said, I am that I am. Now, you've got to be willing to shove all your previous conceived ideas aside for a moment. In the beginning, God. Now we go ahead into the Exodus and Moses is bound before the burning bush and God says, I am that I am. Whew. I felt the Holy Ghost. So I'm learning about this God and how many gods there are and who in the world is he? So I'm I'm turning through the pages and I come to Exodus chapter 20. And when I come to Exodus chapter 20, I come to the Ten Commandments. And I'm going to read the first of the Ten Commandments. Are you ready? Pretty impressive, huh? First commandment of the Ten Commandments. And God speak all these words saying, I'm in chapter 20, Brother Patrick. I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. First commandment of the Ten Commandments follows. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. It's the first of the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt have. So here I am. I don't know anything about God. I just picked up this holy book. And I read in the beginning God. I read that I am that I am. Now I get to the Ten Commandments. And it says I am the Lord thy God. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. So I keep turning the pages. And I come to Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 4. It's going to hit you in a minute. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Now there are some people that say the word God in Genesis chapter 1 denotes more than one. Because it is the word Elohim. Elohim is the plural form of God. Again, they misunderstand because Elohim, Elohim denotes the many powers, the plurality of powers of God. But just so I would give someone who may be thinking that uh, an explanation from the Word of God, let me read to you what he, Deuteronomy 6.4 says. Hear, O Israel, the Lord. If you're using the King James Version, it's all capitals. Which means in the Hebrew that word is Yahweh, or as English-speaking people would say it, Jehovah. The Hebrews would say Yahweh. English-speaking people say Jehovah. Hero Israel, Yahweh Jehovah, our God. God is the Hebrew word Elohim. So here, O Israel, Yahweh Jehovah, our Elohim is one Yahweh Jehovah. That blew that out of the water, didn't it? Praise God, hallelujah. So here we have, again, we're looking through the scripture. Now I'm going to take a, a leap here And I'm going to go into Isaiah chapter 43. And we're going to go through the scriptures. And you have to stay with me. Because God's going to give somebody a revelation. It's one thing to hear about it. It's another thing for God to reveal it to you. So in Isaiah chapter 43. I just got this book. I'm starting to read about the guy in the book. This God. And I'm reading about it. And I get to Isaiah 43. And... And now the brush is flying on the canvas. It's being filled in, and it's being painted. And, and here it goes. Isaiah 43:10, "You are my witnesses, saith the Lord, all caps. And my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me I, even I." I am Yahweh Jehovah. I am the Lord. And beside me, there is no Savior. Amen. Now the brush is flying on the canvas. And, and I'm, saying, I'm starting to say, oh my God. This God must be really powerful. He must be omnipotent. He doesn't need anybody's help. He said, before me there was no God formed neither shall there be after me. That means that anybody that comes after him can't be somebody else. I, even I, he says, am the Lord. And beside me, there is no Savior. I walked into the hospital room on a mission of mercy. I walked up to the room, I said, ma'am, I see you list yourself as a Pentecostal. I have come to offer a prayer of healing. My name is Rick Stoops. When I said that, her face pulled down. She said, I've heard all about you. I looked around. There were two or three other patients in that ward. And I thought, "Uh uh-oh. She said, I don't believe in Jesus only. which is a slang derogatory term for what the Bible teaches about God. I said, ma'am, do you have a Bible? Yes, I do. She said ever so self-righteously. I said, would you read Isaiah chapter 43, verses 10 and 11? You are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, she read. That you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed. Neither shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord. And beside me there is no Savior. That's not true! (laughs) She screamed at me. I said, ma'am, your argument's not with me. You read it from the Word of God. Good day. And I turned and I walked out of her room. She checked herself out of the hospital and said, That oneness preacher came and harassed me so bad I couldn't even stay in the hospital. Back to my guy now. He's searching through the Bible. And now we go... Isaiah chapter 44, and verse 6. Thus saith the Lord. Notice the word Lord. What's it all? It's all in caps. Thus saith Yahweh Jehovah, the King of Israel, and His Redeemer, the Lord of hosts. And again, because of religious teaching, some people get confused with this because of the old King James. And they say, see... Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and His Redeemer, the Lord of hosts. What they don't see is, it says, Thus saith, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, Yahweh Jehovah, the King of Israel, and His Redeemer, the capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, Yahweh Jehovah of hosts. And they know quite well there cannot be two Yahweh Jehovah's. So they get confused with the terminology of the Old English. And thus saith the Lord, Yahweh, the King of Israel and His Redeemer, Yahweh of hosts. Notice the next words. I am the first. And I am the last. And beside me there is no God. Verse eight, fear you not; neither be afraid. Have not I told thee from that time and have declared it? You are even my witnesses. Is there a god beside me? Yea, there is no god. I know not any. the The artist is painting the picture now, and the artist is God Himself. And so here we go. We go down to verse twenty four. Thus saith Yahweh Jehovah, thy Redeemer, and he that formed thee from the womb, I am Yahweh Jehovah, that maketh all things, watch, that stretcheth forth the heavens alone, that spreadeth abroad the earth by myself. If somebody said, I did it alone, and I did it by myself, I suggest that you believe them, especially if the person speaking is God. I did it by myself, and I did it alone. You're still with me? I'm not done. Isaiah 45, 5. Ready? Hit it. I am Yahweh Jehovah, and there is how many others? None else. There is what? No God God beside me. How many times does God have to say this? He knew what was coming. He knew what people were going to do. So he repeats himself over and over. He says, I'm telling you again for the umpteenth time. There is no God beside me. I girded thee, though thou hast not known me. Verse 6. That they may know from the rising of the sun. How many knows where the sun first rises on the continental United States? Huh? Right on the coast of Maine. That they may know from the rising of the sun. That's we Mainers. And from the west. That there is what? None beside me. I am the Lord and well, you're going to have to stay with me now. I am the Lord and what? <coughs> there is none else. Verse 18. Now, if God didn't hammer it, I wouldn't hammer it. But since he did, I'm going to. And 45:18, thus saith Yahweh Jehovah, that created the heavens, God himself. I notice, I'm just a, a guy picking up the Bible that says, it doesn't say the God themselves, the God's. It says, God himself that formed the earth and made it, he hath established it, he created it not in vain, he formed it to be inhabited. How many times is he going to say this? I am the Lord, and there is none else. Verse 21, tell ye, bring them near, yea, let them take counsel together, who have declared this from ancient time, who have told it from that time. Have not I, Yahweh Jehovah, and there is no God else Beside me, a just God and a Savior. He's the Savior. There is none beside me. Look unto me and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is none else. It's amazing how many times God had to say this for us to get it. in Chapter 46, verse 9. Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is none else. I am God, and there is none like me. Now, you may think, what in the world is pastor taking this time to do this? You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. What the Word of God says is not almost right. It's not about right. It is absolutely right. So you pick up the Word of God in the beginning God. God made, God said, God did, God, 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 God. First commandment. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Now, you're my witnesses that there's no God beside me. I I am alone. I did it by myself. I created the earth by myself. I spread abroad the heavens alone. Now, I'm going to tell you umpteen times. There, read my lips. There is no God beside me. I, even I, am the Lord. And beside me, there is no Savior. Do you understand? He's like, Me on the chest now. Do you understand? Yes, I understand. All right, let's go over to the New Testament now. Are you still with me? Are you all right? Everybody okay? Matthew chapter 1, and I'm skipping bunches of stuff just so we can have time to do this this morning. Matthew chapter 1. I love this book, wow. And we have the story of the birth of Christ. Chapter 1 verse 21, And she shall bring forth a son, thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now Joseph is scratching his head because he's read the Old Testament. And he says, wait a minute, there's no gods coming after him. There's no God beside him. He's the only God. What you mean? You shall call his name Jesus. He shall save his people. I already read Isaiah said, I, even I am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. So what in the world are you saying to me? And the angel looks at him and says, Okay, Joe, listen. Verse 23. Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and they shall and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Oh, it's okay now. I got it now. All right. This Jesus is God come in flesh. I I get it now. This is Emmanuel. God come to be with us. It's not another God that would violate the scriptures. It is not another person. This is uh, the God of the Old Testament who he is called Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins. But I'll tell you something, Joe. You listen to me now, boy. Here's what I want to tell you. Don't be afraid because this Jesus is Emmanuel which being interpreted means God with us. God come to be with us. It's okay, boy. By the way, we believe in the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. We believe it in the biblical fashion. We believe the Father, Son, Holy Ghost as a Him, not a Them. Anytime you talk about God as a Them, you have become a pagan. That doesn't come from the scriptures. When Jonah's Sailor friends were about to throw him over. They said, the gods are angry because people who don't know God refer to him in the, as more than one. The gods are angry. But no. And did you know the Bible actually gives the definition of the Son of God? How many would like to see what, what the Bible gives for a Bible definition of the Son of God? Would you like to see that? Did you know it was given by none other than Gabriel himself? Gave the definition, and it's found in Luke. I'm turning there. Chapter 1 and verse 35. It is the best definition of the Son of God you'll find anywhere. And the angel answered and said unto her, unto Mary... (coughs) The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Every time you read about the Son of God, it is about the holy thing that was born of Mary. It's about the humanity of Christ. It's about His being the Lamb. It's about the blood. It's about His suffering. It's about His humanity. Every time because the Son of God is defined in the Bible as being that holy thing which was born of Mary. And I don't have the scripture on the slides, but Galatians 4 4 says, made of a woman. And every time you read about the Son, you're going to notice it's always talking about the blood, The sacrifice, the lamb, Calvary, the son of God was the part that came from Mary. But indwelling that human was the spirit of almighty God. If I was to take this bottle here, take a drink. Ah. Okay, forget that. That was extra. If I was to take this bottle go to Belfast. My Belfast friends are watching today. And I was to go down to the bay. Down near Young's Lobster Pound. And I filled this bottle up with Atlantic water. And I put the cap on it. And I walk in here and say, Ladies and gentlemen, I have a bottle of 100% Atlantic ocean water. And you go, no way. The Atlantic is much bigger than that. I said, okay. Proof is in the pudding. So here, take a little sip. So you take a sip and you spit it out. You say, oh my goodness, that is Atlantic ocean water. The body of Jesus Christ could not contain All the quantity of the Spirit of God. Because the Spirit of God is bigger than the Atlantic Ocean. Therefore, the Spirit of God still inhabited the heavens as well as filling the body of Jesus Christ. But everything that made God God dwelt in the person, in the body of Jesus Christ. God and man fused together forever, permanently. So that any time you see God, you will only see Him in the face of Jesus Christ. For God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and truth. And 1 Timothy says, Now unto the invisible God. But Colossians 1.15, and these are scriptures I didn't give you, says that Jesus was the express image of the invisible God. So when you see the body the glorified body of Jesus Christ, that is the only part of God you will ever see. And the Spirit of God, although on earth, the Spirit of God could not be kept in that container in its quantity, yet in its quality. Everything that makes God, God. Therefore, I present to you the mighty God in Christ. I'm glad you like that. Some of you quote Isaiah 9-6 all the time and never know what you're reading. You've never understood what you're reading, but you're going to understand it now because I'm going back to Isaiah 9-6 just for a moment. You know when people read this, they read this at Christmas time. It's the only time they read it. And they have no clue what they're reading, but you will. Here we go. Isaiah 9-6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Who is this prophecy about in Isaiah? It's not a trick question. I don't care who you are. Any kind of Christian will always say that is a prophecy about Jesus Christ. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful. Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Ladies and gentlemen, do you realize that when Jesus Christ came to earth, that was the mighty God. That was the everlasting Father robed in flesh. That was the mighty God made visible. not one time in the Bible is Jesus ever called the eternal son but don't fear he is called the everlasting father he's called the only begotten son begotten means human birth means that which came from Mary well you're doing pretty good for how you're doing 2 Corinthians 5.19 Just go into the scriptures. Don't let your tradition cause you to reject the commandment of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 19 To wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto Himself. Hang on a minute. This is not what was told many people. Many people were told here's God the Father, here's God the Son, here's God the Holy Ghost. The Son came down to earth To reconcile the world. Back to God the Father. The Bible says however. That God was in Christ. Reconciling the world unto himself. Notice the difference. If you moms that are here. And you dads that are here today suddenly discovered a horrible street battle going out, on outside. And bullets were flying. And you turn to your little child and you say, you go out there, save them. I'm brokenhearted about it. It's going to cost you your life. I'm going to stay here. Let me tell you something. You listen carefully. There's not a one of you that would want to have anything to do with that dad from then on. Because you would say, Dad, why didn't you put your son in a protected place? And why didn't you go take care of a man's business? And when the Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You have to understand begotten means human birth. But to wit, that was God in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Saying, come on, let's talk about this. Come on, I've come to to, to try to reconcile with you. I, I am here to reconcile you to me. Hmm. John 8.23 John 8.23 Today you're getting a lesson I don't think you'll ever forget. John chapter 8 verse 23 I'm still that guy I'm searching the scriptures and I'm going wow this God he is one awesome God he doesn't need anybody's help. Well, he could do it all by himself. Somebody said, how can Jesus be the Father and the Son? And I look at them and I say, well, how can Jesus be the good shepherd and the Lamb? I hadn't thought about that. Well, how can he be the good shepherd, the Lamb, and the door to the sheepfold? well I hadn't thought about that how can he be the bright and morning star and the lily of the valley how can he be the root and the offspring of Jesse you see your finite mind cannot consider the complexity of God God doesn't need anybody's help he said I created the earth by myself I spread abroad the heavens alone I didn't need anybody's help. He's the father in creation. He's the son in redemption. He's the Holy Ghost in our hearts. In the Old Testament, they called him Yahweh. In the New Testament, his name shall be called Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. To wit that God was in Christ. Reconciling the world unto himself. Now we go to the teaching of Jesus himself. And I'm going to verse 23. Are you still with me? Is this okay? All right. And he said unto them, You are from beneath. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. I said therefore unto you that you shall die in your sins. For if you believe not that I am he, you shall die in your sins. Okay, everybody. I can't show it to you because... My Bible's too fine print to show you. And I think on the screen, it doesn't do it. But in the King James translation, which is the most authentic, by the way, the word he is an italics. Yes. What does it mean in the King James translation? when a word is in italics, it means that when the translators were translating it from the original Greek or Aramaic in the New Testament, that they would come to a place where it didn't seem to make sense to the translator, so they added a word. But when they added a word, they would put in italics so you would know that was added by the translator. So when you read in the New Testament, he says, I said therefore unto you that you shall die in your sins, for if you believe not that I am that's what he said because the he's in italics you shall die in your sins now what language did Jesus speak when he was on earth Hebrew and what is Jesus saying he said except you believe that hey hey you shall die in your sins wait a minute that's the same thing that God said to Moses at the burning bush, he said, who shall I say sent me? He said, you tell them that the I am, the Eheyeh has sent you. Jesus in John 8, 24 says, except you believe that Eheyeh, except you believe that I am, you shall die in your sins. My Bible fell closed. That's okay. I'm opening it back up. You ain't getting away that easy. Watch. Then said they unto him, verse 25, Who are you? And Jesus saith unto them, Even the same I said unto you from the beginning. And at the Jews' beginning is Moses kneeling before the burning bush i have many things to say and to judge of you but he that sent me is true and i speak to the world those things which i've heard of him and look what the bible says and they they understood not that they spake to them of the father if you will see what the scripture is saying he says except you believe that i am you shall die in your sins three verses later and they understood not that he spake to them of the father But in case you might be wondering, is this really so? This I am eh, Yeah. And John, the same chapter, and verse 57. then said the Jews unto him, "Thou art not yet fifty years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you. Before Abraham was, I am. Now, if he was just stating that he was before Abraham, he would have said, before Abraham was, I was. But you have to understand, that's not what he said. He said, before Abraham was, I am. Before Abraham was, hey, hey, hey." Did they understand what he was saying? Yes, look at the next verse. Then took they up stones to cast at him. Because he stood there and said he was the Eheyeh. They're looking for stones to to stone him with. They said, blaspheming. But he was and is the Eheyeh. He is the I am. But for those of you who may need just a little bit more proof of that, turn to John chapter 18. I'm still going to talk about the I am. You can't miss this. You can't miss this. In John chapter 18, we just did the Messiah play. Wonderful job, Brother Sister Roach, and all those who worked together. But there's one part of it that maybe mm, we may not be getting it quite right. I'm going to show you why. In the Garden of Gethsemane, in chapter 8 and verse 3, Judas then had received a band of men and officers. From who? The chief priest. And who? The Pharisees. What you may not know is that the Hebrews were allowed to have a Hebrew temple guard. Now this is important to understand. These soldiers come from the chief priest and the Pharisees. Not necessarily from Pilate. You get it? Watch what happens. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that should come upon him, went forth and said unto them, Whom seek ye? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus saith unto them, I am he. And again in the King James Bible, the he's in italics. So he actually said, Eh, eh, eh I am Verse 6, as soon then as he said unto them, I am, or Eheye, they went backward and fell to the ground. These men must have known that no one uses the name Eheye, but Almighty God. And they're standing there, he says, whom seek ye? He says, hey and they went backward and fell to the ground. anybody getting this Amen. this is why you read next in John chapter 10 still with me you might as well in John chapter 10 and verse 30 quite simple I and my father are one doesn't say are like one or as one I and my father are one did the Jews understand what he was saying yea verily watch what they do next verse 31 then the Jews took up stones again to stone him Jesus answered them many good works have I showed you from my father for which of those works do you stone me the Jews answered him, saying, For a good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy, and because that thou being a man, makest thyself God. They understood. He said, I am my Father, O one. Oh, the artist is brushing furiously now, and we're turning to First Timothy, and you've done very well. You're staying with me. I know you're understanding. I pray that God will give you revelation. In 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. You ready? Ladies and gentlemen, it is without controversy that I say this next statement. Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. There is no controversy about this. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached of the Gentiles, believed on the world, received up in the glory. Who was that? Jesus. He was God made visible. God manifest in the flesh. It's so I had a work of sculpture art and I said, sit down. I want to share with you what I've just made. And I rip away the cover and I go, ta-da! That is how Jesus is referred to in 1 Timothy 3.16 as God manifest, revealed in the flesh. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Turn to Colossians chapter 2. If you don't get it, then go back and watch the service is being recorded until you do get it. I'm going to the book of Colossians now, chapter 2 and verse 8. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men and after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily and you are complete in him which is the head of all principality and power see somebody came along in history long after the disciples were dead and gone, and created an idea where there were more than one, more persons. But the Bible says Jesus is not in the Godhead. That's what you were told. The Bible says the Godhead is in Jesus. No, no, no. Put put it back to that verse again. Verse 9, please. Colossians 2.9 See we've been told all of our lives that Jesus is one of the members of the Godhead but the Bible says in Him, in Jesus dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily I go back to the illustration of the Atlantic water everything that makes it ocean water is in this bottle In him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, all the quality of God. It was not a separate spirit that came and placed itself in the body of Jesus Christ. It was that one God who said, I even I am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. And he came and manifest himself in flesh, and in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. I'm going to wrap it up now. I'm coming to my my last. Winner takes all. I'm going to the book of the revelation of Jesus Christ. And I love it. This is where the artist finally completes his painting. I've been on a tour through this book. I have found him to be... Alpha and Omega, beginning and ending. The healer, the savior, the deliverer, the rock. Everything I need, I I find in him. I found him to be my healer. And I found him to be my savior. and, And now I get to the book of Revelation where it's all summarized. And it all comes to its wonderful conclusion. And here I am. I'm going into the word of God. Are you ready? Now John is on the Isle of Patmos. And in verse 10, he said, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. Now wait a minute. With a pat, we're going to come back to that, but I got to show them something. Isaiah 44 and 6, which we read earlier, where Jehovah says something that I think we need to read. So if you can find, oh, you got it. Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, Yahweh, Jehovah of hosts. Oh, look. Look what he says. Jehovah in the Old Testament says, I am the first and I am the last. Okay, I'm back in Revelation now. Thank you. We want to clarify that because I I wanted to make sure I'm reading about the same one I was reading about in Isaiah. And so John's in the Spirit and he says, verse 11, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. Oh, I got that. That, that. That's Yahweh, Jehovah. What thou seest write in the book, send it unto seven churches, et cetera, et cetera. Verse 12, and i turned to see the voice that spake with me and in turned i i saw seven golden candlesticks and in the midst of the seven candlesticks one like unto the son of man clothed a garment down to the foot and girded about the paps with a golden girdle his head and his hairs were white like wool as white as snow and his eyes were as a flame of fire and his feet like unto fine brass as if they burned in a furnace and his voice as the sound of many waters and he laid his right hand he had in his right hand seven stars. And out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. And his countenance was as the sun shining in his strength. And I'll tell you the truth. When I saw him, I felt his feet as dead. He laid his right hand upon me. And this is what he said. Fear not. I am the first. And I am the last. I am he that liveth. And was dead. Behold. I am alive forevermore. I get it. Yahweh Jehovah said, I am the first and I am the last. Now I get to the summation, to the final climax of the picture and he says, I'll tell you the truth, guys. I was so scared. I felt his feet is dead. I I thought this is it. I'm going to die. I'm in the presence of Yahweh Jehovah. He just told me who he is and everybody sees him dies. And he just told me I'm the first and last. And then he laid his hands on me and said, don't be afraid, John. I'm he that liveth and was dead and I'm alive forevermore. Amen. Thus proving forever and ever that the... First and the last of the Old Testament, who is Yahweh Jehovah, and the first and the last of the New Testament is none other than He who was alive and was dead, Jesus Christ, are one and the same God. Somebody said, Well, Pastor, why does that matter? Uh, it matters a lot. Upon this rock I will build my church. This is the rock that Jesus was talking about when he said to Peter at Philippi, Upon this rock I will build my church. The understanding of who Jesus is. When you understand who he is, it takes a lot of confusion out of your mind. And you shall know the truth. Father right now in the mighty name of Jesus that's above all names let the spirit of revelation from the Lord Jesus fill this room right now take away people's fears take away Lord God the confusion and the chaos the devil knows that the truth sets us free Father that's when we begin to see healings and miracles and signs and wonders on a level like we've never seen before as we understand and embrace the truth of the Holy Scriptures. Felt the Holy Ghost just now. Would you rise to your feet with me, please? Would you lift your hand and would you praise the mighty God who is forever and ever without beginning of days and without ending of days who manifest himself in flesh and when you say Jesus you've said the New Testament name that neither is there salvation in any other for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus Jesus. I pray that every person would receive the spirit of revelation from the Lord. I pray in this day of confusion, in this day of false doctrine, in this day, O God, when evil is declared good and good is declared evil, that the people of God would know you like we've never known you before and understand who you are, the mighty God in Christ. I think some of you got a revelation this morning. I believe that you're understanding. See, when you know there's only one God, then you know that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of that God. And you understand that you need the gift of the Holy Ghost. People will think, oh, the Holy Ghost is not important. I got Jesus. I got news for you. when Jesus stood in the upper room and said and breathed upon them and said receive you the Holy Ghost he was telling us that the breath of Jesus is the Holy Ghost yeah, yeah. Yeah. for all the fullness of the Godhead dwelleth bodily in him and you are complete in him Now I know why I must be baptized in the name of Jesus. Now I understand it. Oh, there's so much more I could teach you. But let's lift our voices one more time. Let's give God the praise. I love you, Jesus. I worship you, God. I praise you, God. I thank you, Lord God, for this wonderful truth. I thank you for this wonderful truth. I cannot deny it. I cannot denounce it. I will stand for this truth. Hallelujah God. Hallelujah. This is the faith that was once delivered to the saints and I've been commanded to defend it by the apostle Jude. To earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. I wonder is there anybody today that God has given you an insight that you'd like to come and just stand and give God the thanks for it. If God has given you an insight this morning, if you got an insight into who Jesus is, perhaps a little bit better, by the brush of the Holy Spirit of God, as we have read through this book, I've only taken this book. All I've done is share with you this book. It is important. Don't tell you, don't let people tell you that it's negligible, that it's not important, that you're splitting straws or splitting hairs. Oh, no, no, no. Except you believe that I am. Except you believe that, eh, hey, hey, you shall die in your sins. I didn't say that, but Jesus did. And I need to follow him ever so closely. Anyone else has received a revelation of the mighty God in Christ? Don't be ashamed to come and stand. I'm, I'm going to draw a little line here. Come on, step across the line. Praise Amen. God. God has shared with me, down from His glory, ever-living story, my God and Savior came, and Jesus was His name. Oh, come on, everybody. Let's all come and join down at the front today. Praise God. This is a beautiful truth of the Word of God. Hallelujah. I love this book. I love this book. I love this Word. Hallelujah.